On today's show, we have Sergey Kunz, the co-founder of OneInch, a decentralized exchange aggregator. I'm sure many of you have used it before, but Sergey, why don't you start by giving us a summary of what OneInch is? Hi, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. So regarding OneInch itself, uh, it is more than just an aggregator. We uh, invented it actually on a hackathon back in 2019, May, in uh, ETH New York. Back to, to the time we were traveling with Anton, with my co-founder, around the globe and participating on the hackathons, like competitions. It was really fun, a really nice time. And uh, yeah, we, we just solved our own problem because we had the problem to exchange tokens on Ethereum. And you never knew that where's the best rate, where's the most liquidity and so on. And we decided to build something which, like algorithm, which detects how many tokens should be changed where to get the best rate. So it makes sense to split small in small pieces and exchange on multiple uh, liquidity sources. So real example would be in the real world, stock exchange, for example, you have 100 millions of dollars, you would like to buy a Tesla stock. It makes no sense to go to a Frankfurt exchange and exchange there. It makes sense to split it and exchange it around the globe because everywhere you have order books, uh, market makers will try to keep the spread low and you can just use our algorithm, which is actually in kind of arbitrage tool, just arbitrage among the whole market. Nowadays, we are more complex than in the beginning. We are going through multiple market tabs. For example, if you exchange 10,000 Ethereum to USDC, it makes sense to exchange maybe 10 percentages of Ethereum to Bitcoin. And from Bitcoin, we exchange to stablecoin. And in parallel, we exchange through other markets, for example, through USDT, through DAI, through SUSD, for example. And then we, we exchange at the end to the end and double top USDC, for example. And this is possible just because of Ethereum or EVM compatible chains, because you can execute in one single transaction atomically. Right now, it's not possible on traditional finances, for example, on uh, stock exchanges, you need to call the APIs and you potentially need to deposit and whatever else. In DeFi, you can just exchange. It is kind of our core thing, what we have on OneInch Network. OneInch Network contains also uh, own protocols. We have own AMM, which protects from front-running attacks. It works similar to Unis of B2, but with some hacks, kind of, it's not possible to front-run you, to sandwich you. And it extracts also a huge amount of money from on-market pumps or dumps. So for example, we have seen this huge dump uh, again. And in such scenarios, the protocol would generate a lot of fees uh, because it's reduced the earnings from arbitrage traders. Also, we have a limit order protocol, highly flexible, highly uh, efficient, fully industrialized manner. You can create a limit order. Uh, you, you just sign a message, uh, you share it, and someone can feel it. Yeah, And these limit orders can be extended with any logic, modular system, yeah, we have our DAO, our token. You can stake one inch token, uh, participate in DAO. We have instant governance, so you can directly vote for specific settings, how much fees should be charged on which protocols. And also you can create proposals in like normal DAO manner. Yeah, and we are working on more things. Like we have also our wallets, uh, iOS and Android wallet, kind of DeFi wallet. NFT support is also there. And there are also some other teams who are experimenting right now. There's also another team who's building hardware wallet. Uh, One-inch hardware wallet is also very, very cool. Uh, we are kind of open and transparent. Everyone can join One-inch network as a contributor, co-contributor. Also, 
as a own team as well. It's also possible. So you can get a grant and everything. It's like a huge thing. We are more than 100 people around the globe. And we started with just two and a half men. I, Anton, and uh, Michel, uh, part-time kind of. How many people are you at now? I guess 110 something. Uh, I need to ask. <laughs> we have a lot of teams, you know, like one team iOS, mobile wallet, Android wallet, front the app team, front end team, microservice team, algorithm team, business relations team. Yeah. All right. And so let's go a little bit into the team and leadership, right? Can you kind of define what the role of the DAO is? And, you know, with any new development that happens on the platform or any decisions, how are those decisions made? on like the business development side or, you know, if certain new pairs are coming to the platform? So we have we have our DAO, which can uh, do signaling to us and say, okay, guys, there's a cool protocol, Opium, for example. Opium protocol is securities protocol. Please integrate them into your DApp because they would like to stake in the pools, for example. We should aggregate the derivatives as well, like options. They can signal to us and we can build it if we are also committed to it. yeah, That's why Opium Pools were, were introduced in, into 1HD app. There's another option. Someone comes and says, okay, I'm going to build something, but I need to leave. I don't want to work on like other jobs. I need a little bit more of money. So this person or a team can apply for a grant and get a specific amount of money to start working. Uh, we help also with some introductions and everything. So. The idea is if you want to build something, you can do it. Of course, we have also our own lab, one inch lab. This is kind of a legal entity. It's a vehicle, you know, we need it in the real world. Yes, we need to pay salaries and we, we use it to fulfill the needs which, which we have, like with the real world. We have directors in, in the labs who are like working on decisions. I and Anton, we have kind of global visions. We share it with the team, get feedback. The team work with this, what, what, what they get from us, add on ideas. So we have multiple teams and every team we have a lead who is taking care and mentoring uh, people inside of the teams. We try to sync between the teams. I, I do a lot of like synchronization between the teams. So I try to keep every team up to date, what's happening. And sometimes I, I write code, sometimes like last time it's, it's, uh, it's less because like we are growing and every team needs to be up to date and needs to go in the right direction. So if we have kind of a global vision and everyone contributed to it, and we, we wrote it down, every half, everyone has to kind of follow this direction for the for the next goal and very important is that we try to develop fast and deliver often it's very important so you can iterate you can get feedback from user you can get feedback from the community and then you can change it and so on and for all the users like let's maybe start with breaking down the benefits of using one inch versus maybe uniswap or versus coinbase and kind of what are the differences between each platform Mm -hmm. So we are not competing with Uniswap at all. We are kind of uh, layer above, not like layer above that we are better or cooler or whatever. We just built one inch on top of Uniswap originally on the first two days on the hackathon. So I didn't sleep like the whole hackathon, two days. <laughs> I and Anand, we integrated Uniswap, we integrated Xerox limit orders, we integrated Banker and Kyber. We actually built one inch on top of these protocols. And it's it's kind of a logical step 
Because like at DEX, like Uniswap is just a liquidity source, not more, not less. Of course, you can go to directly to Uniswap, you can swap, you can you can swap for a worse rate than you get in the market, because not only the whole liquidity is concentrated in Uniswap. Yeah. So we are just aggregating everyone, uh, like Google, I would say, more specifically for these swaps. That's why you should go to one inch. Our algorithm takes into account the gas costs. So if you get ten thousand more, but you pay like one thousand dollar transaction instead of like one hundred dollars, it makes sense to swap because you get more money at the end. So yeah, and our router it's uh, similar to Uniswap router itself on, for Uniswap pools or Uniswap like pools, but it's ten percentages more gas efficient than the Uniswap router itself because our engineers. They have took a lot of time to write this really highly efficient assembly code, low-level code, which execute highly efficient and don't waste any piece of gas you pay for the transaction. Every time someone executes a transaction, where do those transaction fees go to? Ah, we have on the blockchain, we have the transaction fees for the transaction itself, for the gas, to avoid like DDoS attacks, for example. Yeah, it's, it's just a blockchain thing, yeah? And it goes to the miners and part is burned. So right now in, on the lightest state of Ethereum, part of the Ethereums are burned. And one inch aggregation uh, doesn't have direct fees, like extra fees, swap fees for the user itself. But this uh, one thing implemented, which uh, generates revenue for the DAO. It's not for us at this team. We are well funded. We collected almost 200 million of dollars from professional investors. We never did an ICO, IDO, or whatever else, we never sold to retail. It's very important. Yeah, it's very, very, very important. <laughs> no one can come to me and say, yeah, you sold me something, it dropped, and you're you're now in charge of this. I'm not. So there's professional investors, Pantera Capital, Binance Labs, and Amber Group, for example, in the last yeah. round, lead investor. They support us. They, they have trust in us that we are right now such small on the market, uh, kind of the, the whole market is, is really small to compare to the to the traditional finance, and we can grow like really a lot. So the revenue stream aggregation works like that. So user see the rate, what what the pathfinder can find, and the user commit for the specific rate. If the rate change in a positive direction and the protocol gets more than expected, it goes to the DAO treasury, which is governed and owned by the DAO. Right now we have. 14 and a half millions of dollars since five months collected in USDC. And it's owned by the DAO itself. So DAO can use it for the brands so, or pay contributors, for example, I don't know, maybe maybe community contributors, also independent developers or analysts as well. Everyone can go to the forum and create a proposal yeah, for this. Uh, but we have still the foundation. It's an independent uh, organization, independent from me, from, from other contributors, which uh, has the goal to grow the network itself. And there are some, there are some one-inch tokens. And these tokens are used also for the grant program. So everyone can also ask for, from the foundation something. This revenue stream is like unexpected earning for the DAO itself. For the user, you commit for something. If you get less than expected, the transaction can fail because we also pr- protect people because someone can front run you and maybe get you money. We have extra security level aggregation execution protocol. But if you get what you expected, you get it. And if there's more, because in, in, the, in the transaction time, it was a pump or a dump, 
depends on the direction you swap. Did all get this money? And you as one each user and staker and someone who participated in the DAO, you decide where the money should go. So it's not going in, in my pocket, not in Anton's pocket, not in any other contributor's pocket. Now, is there any minimum uh, tokens needed in order to participate in the DAO? There's no minimum. You can just take from whatever you have. Of course, you you wait is depending on the amount, but you can be also like active community member, and you can get delegates. You can get delegates from me. From I have some managed tokens because I'm a core contributor. You can also get from our investors, like backers. You need to be active in the forum. You can just get some delegates and also push everything what you want. It's, everything's possible. So right now, the current utility for the one-inch token is participating in the Dell. And do you see that changing in the future or any other utility cases that you plan on implementing? Yeah, we are, we are planning more utility functionality. So right now, you get also a gas refund from your foundation when you stake and you do swaps, you get up to 100% gas refund for your swaps. It depends on the, also on the amount you stake. So for example, you stake 100,000 Manish tokens, which is uh, right now... 15,000 or something? It's, yeah, it's like the price is uh, pumped today somehow. <laughs> it's um, 67... I don't care about the price, actually. So um, $67 for each token. So if you have 100,000 tokens, you swap for free. You get every month gas refund in one inch tokens. This is kind of one functionality. We are working also on a pro, one inch pro version. Uh, we set up a Swiss company uh, which uh, would offer same service, what we have in DeFi, but for institutions. So for institutionals, it's very important to work with clean money. So that's why we have the Swiss company, which do KYC ML. And we will offer swaps. We have already prototype out there. You can go to one inch.pro. And you can take a look on the on the landing page, and also there's small um, in the app. It looks like community version, but we will also extend it, improve it, extra well for um, institutional users, kind of. So the one inch pro thing would also support the one inch network as well. So part of the fees, which which would be charged on each swap for the institutionals, would go to the DAO as well. So DAO would earn because. Uh, kind of enterprise company like Red Hat compared to the real world would use the community technology and build on top of the service and share the revenue with the DAO itself. And also we are going to release, I hope this year, a new protocol which uh, used the one-inch token for kind of insurance. I I cannot share more information about that, but there's a huge need to stake the one-inch token inside of the protocol to ensure specific part of it. And you earn by staking because you take risks and you you earn some yield from this, from fees. Yeah, regarding centralized products like Coinbase. So I have seen kind of a statement from Coinbase that they, like, before they did IPO, they had to publish some, which risk they see in the future. And they wrote, like, DeFi, decentralized finance yeah. is potentially a risk for them. And they are also developing in the direction of DeFi. They plan also to integrate what I understood. Also, different products, like, for example, Lenny protocols, and they integrated us in a wallet, in the non-custodian wallet, what they have from the beginning. I guess they somehow changed it a little bit, and we were not not anymore uh, for swaps used. So somehow, I don't know, we have some guys who, who are talking with them right now. But yeah, like also MetaMask are using OneH and other aggregator and get and, and send more most of the volume to one inch because we are we have the best algorithm and most liquidity source. 
Now, is there a benefit for those guys to use you versus using like a centralized exchange? Are they looking for tokens that don't like, exist on the other exchanges or what's, why would they come to one inch pro? Yeah, yeah, this, uh, this is a huge benefit of using decentralized protocols or services. For retail people, to onboard retail, retail people is good. Also, banks can, for example, be a gatekeeper and can onboard users because they are like, they, they don't know what is Web3. Also, for me, it was really terrible when I installed MetaMask. I thought, man, the user experience here is very bad. <laughs> so, and I didn't really get with this transaction and gas costs and everything. And it's very difficult. I'm a software engineer since like 17, 18 years, and it was difficult for me to understand <laughs> it. Yeah? For retail people who are not engin- software engineers, for them, it's difficult, but easy for them is to understand that there's a company and I've like bank potentially or like Coinbase. I put my money into it and I can trade there. Yeah. And I can put out my money. Yeah. But what they don't understand that the company can lose all the funds, empty gox, for example. Yeah. A regulation can come and just freeze everything. Yeah, and you, it takes maybe years to get the money in terms of Bitcoin, makes maybe or Ethereum or maybe other tokens makes maybe potentially sense, but maybe not. Yeah, and what what is if not you lost potentially hundreds of thousand dollars of use all your savings? That's why we have to benefit here and already good market uh, from our point of view. There is no trust to people. There is no middleman between. You just interact with the smart contracts. You don't have to trust anyone. You can verify all your transactions. Before you swap on one inch wallet, for example, we explain what's happening in the transaction. We say, yeah, the, 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 uh, we parse call data. This is what is going to be executed on the blockchain. And the wallet explains, okay, this is a swap on Uniswap. You swap USDC to Ethereum and you get this amount. Or this is a swap on one inch. You swap Ethereum to USDC. You get this amount at least. You swap this amount. So this is a huge benefit of decentralized finances. You don't have to trust people, and people are sometimes bad. They steal money. They they charge huge amount of fees and and everything. So yeah, this is a new world. So you mentioned the integrations as you touch base on Coinbase, right? Is there a lot more other projects out there that you guys are kind of that backend swap feature for other interfacing projects? So we, we have a lot of protocol like in wallets uh, and other products integrated one inch. Also, arbitrage traders are using us or professional traders as well. They are using enterprise API, which we offer. And yeah, like banks, they are not far enough right now to use DeFi itself because it's, they, they didn't know if the money is clean, yeah? That's why we're also going to launch the pro version so we can be also integrated in the banks. For example, Swiss Bank yeah, can offer exchanging Ethereum to or exchanging euros to, I don't know, uni token. They can do it under the hood. They are kind of centralized piece of yeah. something, yeah? And they can use us programmatically without trusting to us. They just need to just get the information from our API how to exchange what yeah, and where. That's awesome. So let's also hit on, you know, what are some other features that clients have been finding very useful to use on the platform? Maybe like limit orders or some other items. Yeah, also limit orders are used a lot. So I get a lot of feedback. So I'm traveling around the globe and uh, last time I was in Dubai, 
in the restaurant and there was uh, one guy who also very very uh, actually using one inch and he was really happy about limit orders so he set a limit order on the next pump they, they sold it we, we plan to extend all the limit order protocols as well with trailing stop with uh, um, stop loss such things are easily to implement uh yeah we need just capacity so does limit order are you just giving that contract permissions to take X amount of tokens out of your wallet when it's ready to execute at a certain price in a later date? Yes. Yes. And is there any risk to anybody, you know, using that product if they set it a far out date or anything? One risk is to set a specific rate and it pumps 10 times and you, you don't make the, the right profit if you, if you hold. Yeah. So compared to if you hold, or you said something, I'm going to sell Ethereum to for specific price. And you set this wrong price. We try to improve that on the UI, so explain that this price you set is below the market price. You shouldn't do that. Got Are it. you sure? And three times. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> what are you currently working on? And maybe some things that are coming down the roadmap. And how are you guys like looking at where the market is going in the next few years? And how are you building for that? Or maybe give us some insights to what do you think is actually going to happen? Yeah, so we have seen a dump. It's very normal from my point of view. This is this is very normal. Normal. It goes up, it goes down. But also like this time where the market is like bearish, it's time for to build. So we built one inch in a kind of bearish time. Uniswap the same. It gives time to concentrate on something and build something. And we and we will see less less forks. Because it's easy on the, on, the, on the bull run to fork something and just print new <laughs> new token and say, oh, we are better, but we just forked Uniswap and we, didn't, we did just change, change the, the, the colors. It's time for, for innovations and also for more efficiency. If if everything is like expensive and difficult, then people are looking to improve this. And such people normally build unicorns. Solve a problem, solve a pain, you build a great product. We are working on different things. So we, for co- of course, we improve everything what we have already. We are working on the on the pro version. Uh, we are working on a new protocol what we are, uh, already set with the staking of an inch token, ensuring a uh, specific part of the protocol itself. So we have other ideas uh, introduce uh, also own NFT market because everyone is doing own thing. And there are some aggregators, but from user experience, from UI and UX can be better from my point of view. And also from the execution point of view, can be also be better, more efficient. And we, potentially we will introduce an NFT market aggregation among uh, options. It's also a nice thing. So options, just imagine if you have like 1,000 ETH and you, you would like to earn on, on that and you say, okay, I'm fine to sell my 1,000 ETH, uh, maybe when the price goes like to ten thousand dollars yeah you are okay with selling it on twelve thousand dollars yeah because you anyway did already profit but if it doesn't go in a week for example a week option over twelve thousand yeah then you just earn some premium maybe one multiple thousands of dollars yeah maybe more and if it's gonna be sold on twelve thousand it's also okay for you so you can just make money by just trying to sell a little bit higher than market price every week or every month or every quarter or year. It's also a nice thing. And there are some protocols already there, but there's no no aggregation for that. And uh, I see also good market. 
It's very interesting. So that's kind of what you, from customer feedback and what you kind of foresee in the next few years, those are some things that you guys are looking to add. Yeah, definitely. And we are also, I don't know, we have also other teams who got grants. We support them, distralize storage, file storage based on DeFi. It's also a cool thing. DNet, for example. So probably for a lot of people listening right now, obviously we're in a bear market, right? And so when we're in a bear market, people tend to uh, maybe not have as many beliefs into what everyone's building, right? <laughs> and so that brings us into maybe a few different things between DeFi, regulations, and everything. And I guess the first question is, do you believe regulations are a threat at all to DeFi? I don't think so. It's not a threat because regulation cannot control smart contracts. Yeah, um, People can build open source free apps which can be used to, to use these smart contracts. And they cannot just deny that. But regulation is from my point of view, uh, is, is good uh, because the market is huge. And, and a huge part of the market is regulated and need to follow specific rules. And we need, we need to onboard them as well. That's why we are building as a 1H Pro. We have uh, AG, so we are looking also to, to do IPO one day with this company because it makes sense. We have a lot of parts which are centralized, like wallets, for example. And we need, in the real world, a vehicle which covers specific processes. And that's why we can have also, why not, an IPO where everyone can uh, can invest in, in early, not like Coinbase exit IPO. <laughs> so we are, we are lost like 80 percentages of my money. And founders sold like billions of dollars in own pocket. We are going to build here uh, the future of finance and improve it and make it more efficient. And that's why we need to use also traditional tools so for example ipo early ipo could help people to jump in early to provide enough liquidity and enough support for a company which improved the fin traditional financial system just imagine if the bank can, if the banks can exchange really fast with really with no trust to everyone all money for example singapore bank can exchange singapore dollar to us dollar with just one small single transaction for the best rate on the market around the globe. There's no need for this Web2 things like APIs and brokers in between, which could charge a lot of money and potentially it takes time until the money is received by the bank. Just twist this one, one swap. Yeah. From our point of view, Ethereum was built for financial system from our point of view. So I guess that also brings into maybe like KYC, AML type regulations and maybe how those can actually be implemented into these on-chain swaps or transactions in the future. What is your thoughts on where that might go? It can be done by uh, maybe blockchain idea. So for example, I have my pass, you know, I have my idea. Uh, why not to have a blockchain idea? For sure, it takes time to, until we reach this goal to have a blockchain idea. But a lot of countries, also Dubai, they are working on also kind of IDs, digital IDs of every person and potentially also on blockchain. There's, they're experimenting also on blockchain as well. But the first step for us would be just, we have a centralized entity which uh, perform KYC ML. There are some officers who, who monitor also to run trans transactions. And we can already fulfill the, uh, the needs of the regulations by introducing this uh, processes and on a smart contract level you can uh, introduce a kind of 
permission defy. You look before the wallet interacts with a smart contract, you look in the whitelist. Is this wallet allowed to lend dollars? Or is this wallet allowed to swap? Or is this wallet is a professional trader and is allowed to use uh, derivatives and options, for example? There are some regulations, for example, like if you have no experience, you shouldn't use derivatives uh, and options. These are our thoughts, kind of, um, where we are going to go. What's your thoughts on what innovations are going to bring us into the uh, next cycle of development and bring more users into the space? On our side, we, uh, we plan to introduce bank accounts in the one inch wallet. So you have the bank in your pocket. I don't know if, if you use, uh, you're from US, right? Yeah. Do you have Revolut? Revolut or whatever? Yeah, Revolut, yeah. Uh, I think we do, but I haven't used it. Yeah. Okay. So Revolut is a cool application from our point of view. So you just download, install, and then you can, uh, actually you can buy crypto there as well. You can uh, potentially, depends on the country, also trade stock. And you have a bank account. You have real IBAN in Europe. I don't know how it's in the US. And you can order a credit card. So we have already a non-custodian wallet. So you can put all the private keys, seed phrases, and everything, and build everything what you want with, with, with that, like send, receive, and uh, or pay maybe in a coffee. So you can, for example, the like coffee shop owner can show you a QR code in our wallet and with this right amount and you have just to scan it and, and send USDT, for example. Yeah, So the cool, cool, nice features which is coming very, very soon. We have like half a million of downloads already and those people, they need actually a crypto-friendly bank. My ger normal German bank, they have problem that I sometimes cash out from crypto. Yeah. So if I get the additional airdrop, I need to explain this is an airdrop from Gitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to buy something for this and I need fiat. And uh, so I had multiple times and bank one bank lost the account because they just didn't want to, to lose anything with these airdrops from Uniswap, for example. But there are also some banks, but they're kind of, they have pain with that. And that's why we plan to introduce bank accounts in the wallet. It's a partner which is crypto friendly. They know um, they know crypto. They have right ML processes as well. And so you have your bank account in your pocket. You don't have to go to to a bank. You can just use your wallet and uh, iPhone or phone. It's crypto friendly. Also in the terms that you can store the tokens. You can just put it in in this crypto friendly bank account. And you can also keep it there and use it also for paying with the credit card. This is also nice. So you have USDT um, or you have DAI, you have USDC, you can just pay with it. Of course, there are some already some providers there, Virex is there, Crypto.com is there. But yeah, kind of uh, they, Virex is also building on non-custodian wallet. They actually built first this kind of crypto-friendly bank accounts with credit cards. And now they're building non-custodian wallet. We are from the other side. We have non-custodian wallet. We have happy users, more than 500,000 people. And we are just going to introduce uh, additional functionality to create just a couple of steps, uh, a new bank account. How do you see those users being able to get yield within the uh, app? Yeah, you can just take your money. You, For example, you transfer to your bank account, convert it to USDC, and lend USDC on Aave or Compound. 
and you get good amount of money, right? And you are owner of the money, so you are not trusting the bank. <laughs> you just use the bank as a gatekeeper. This is my vision, like how it should be. Right now, if I put my money on the bank account here in Germany, I pay negative interest rate. Is that where you guys are? Negative? From 50,000 euros, you pay negative, and it's, uh, it's, it's a pain. It's really a pain. All right, well, let's wrap it up there you know, for today. I mean, that was good. I mean, for all of our people listening, obviously you guys are a great platform. You've been around. You're a trusted party. Don't trust, verify. <laughs> <laughs> I've used it myself, right? And so for those that are listening, would like to obviously use the platform or learn more about you, what you products you guys are launching. Where should they go? How should they get a hold of you guys? So we have uh, our landing page, oneish.io. You find all the documentation there if you're a software engineer or software developer. If you're if someone who would like to contribute, you can also apply for a grant or you can also apply for kind of a job on, uh, on as a contributor and get like just work for, for in, the, in the DeFi space instead of traditional. We have Discord, we have Twitter account with more than one, 1 million users who are following us, uh, crypto users, native users. Follow Twitter. Twitter is very important. You you get all the news regarding One Inch. And uh, also, when we launch something, you get it first on, on Twitter. Well, I appreciate that, Sergey, for coming on today. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much.